0: Hello and welcome to Access Chat. I'm absolutely delighted today that we're joined with Megan Lawrence. Megan is Senior Accessibility Evangelist at Microsoft over in Redmond. Um, happy to be working with with both her and her uh, yang, to her yin, or is it the yin to your yang? I'm not sure. Um, Hector as well. So um, Who's well known to the community in this side of the world. I think we're probably triggering Hector right now. I'm going to poke him a bit more. Um, <laughs> because you've beaten him onto access chat. So it's great to have you with us. Um, we're going to cover off a topic that means a lot, both to, to me, to Deborah and our audience today, which is mental health. So, um, Megan, can you tell us a little bit more about your role in Microsoft and the work that you're doing on, on mental health?
1: Yeah. Uh, So first of all, thank you so much for having me here today. And I'm not going to lie that um, I am quite pleased um, that I have beaten Hector at something, finally. (laughs) Uh, which is access chat. So yes, I will be um, um, pinging him later this uh, this this afternoon. Um, but in uh, addition to being the the senior accessibility evangelist, I'm working for our chief accessibility officer here and really thinking about how we bring um, technology, uh, you know, to reduce the barriers of for people with disabilities, I'm also the co lead of employees with mental health conditions through our disability ERG, and I take a very very active role and how we build community around mental health. and it couldn't be more important uh, given the, the times that we're living in today.
0: Yeah, ab- absolutely. We, uh, the, the, the last 10 months have been incredibly um, wearing and stressful for a lot of people and we've taken pretty much everyone outside of their comfort zone and and, and so I think that uh, we haven't yet, really come to terms with the, the the size of the effects that we're going to be feeling from this because i think they're going to be long term so what what are microsoft doing in in the space uh, uh, supporting people remotely and and supporting people's health mental yeah health, actually remotely. i kind
1: of i kind of want to talk a little bit about yeah. like what we're seeing from a current statistic yeah, yeah that would be great you're, you're completely correct that um, health officials are saying that we are in a historical wave of mental health uh, concerns right now for people, whether that's uh, folks that are coming uh, to have mental health symptoms for the very first time and maybe don't have a vocabulary to talk about it and are, are really in this phase of self-discovery or whether that's folks like myself who have um, lived with an anxiety disorder for for, for many, many years. And I just see that my anxiety and burnout, those cycles are coming more quickly. And the self-care has actually had to really change for me. Um, I know that this is an international audience, but I do wanna talk about one statistic here in the US because I think it's just so telling, which is the Center for Disease Control reports this household pulse, So, in January 2019, 8% of the American population reported having symptoms of globalized or uh, generalized anxiety disorder, or GAD. Last month, 36.5% of the American population reported having symptoms of anxiety. So, if we look at just that one mental health condition, we recognize that this is a very significant uh, role that is playing out in, in all of our lives, right? absolutely and so when we really look at at what what microsoft is doing you know it's it's a, it's a multi-pronged approach um one is is really making sure that we're telling stories i mean the best way to reduce bias and stigma is through storytelling um so having people at our company stand up and say this is what a mental health condition looks like right a it's invisible you can't tell that i necessarily have it if i don't disclose it to you um, and this is, you know, what it's like to, to to live with a mental health condition every day, and it can absolutely be a strength, and it can also be very difficult. And I think being open and honest about those two uh, th- those two pieces is is really important, and building the community around that, and that's really the piece, uh, you know, that I want to make sure that we're doing. People know they're not alone. Uh, This is completely normal given the times that we're in and that there are people that you can turn to, whether what you need is just a a, a chat, uh, you know, over teams, uh, over a cup of coffee, or whether we're bringing in people, you know, uh, psychiatrists and psychologists and people at the intersectionality of race and disability and mental health and gender and gender identity uh, to really discuss these topics. Um, And then the last is really about uh, a strategic approach from the entire company. So uh, we have put together the Mental Health Working Group and Steering Committee, which is comprised of five uh, very senior executives where we're really building out how are we going to approach mental health from a benefits perspective, from a technology perspective, um, from the way that we tell our stories every single day. Um, and the way that we reach out to external communities. So we really have those several pronged approach here. You know, I
2: continue to be very fascinated with all of the amazing work happening at Microsoft. And, This is something that's very important to me, this topic. I also have an anxiety disorder and it's, as you know, Megan, it's, it can be very difficult. It can be very difficult because I'm also a very positive person, but it's, it can be very difficult. And my mother had borderline um, personality disorder, which is very tough to live with. And to live with uh, as somebody that loves a person that has that and my sister has bipolar and I don't think that makes my family broken I just think it makes my family human, but I think something that I really admire you for is that you have been willing to come out and talk about this because as you also said, you know, people. Are afraid, and we know that you will be discriminated against, and we there are biased, and there's um so much confusion about our brains and how our brains work and how they tie to our body. And I also find that during this COVID 19 crisis that goes on and on and on, that you know, the way I take care trying to stay balanced, I was going to use the word sane, but balanced is a better word. Um, It it seems to have actually shifted. I'm having to be so much more deliberate, but from a personal perspective, I appreciate you being willing to stand up and say who you are, who Megan is across the board. I mean, bringing our entire true selves to work, I think is so empowering. I know that when Neil came out um, and he called it calming out and disclosing that he had dyslexia at a time when people look at those words and assume that you're a broken person, which I look at those words and say, Oh, you're, you're human. Okay. But But at the same time, taking it then from the lens of a a brand as big as Microsoft and really making sure that we are looking at what is going to happen? I, I had not heard the statistic that you mentioned, but I have heard um, from some of the doctors that I follow in the United States say that there are so, going to be so many cases of post traumatic stress disorder. And we do have to be prepared now to help and in the future. So I love that Microsoft is looking at how do we respond to this in a thoughtful meaningful way and i also am glad that mental health is part of your disability erg group because i the a lot of the companies that i talk to it is not
1: it is not being talked about still you know i think Many, many people around the world, both individuals and organizations, were not totally prepared for how COVID-19 and many other societal pressures were going to result in in, in mental health symptoms and and mental health conditions. So, um, you know, I think that this is actually an opportunity because for the first time, we're talking about it. And that is something that I wanna see absolutely carry on. We've got managers who are checking in with people and saying, how are you doing? And they mean it. And it's okay if you say, I'm really struggling today. And that that, that you can begin to think about, well, how do we create a work-life balance plan that's gonna work for you? So, you know, in some senses, uh, sometimes it takes this outside pressure to to create an environment in which we can really open up and begin to grow. And I honestly believe that this is a, a time of growth. And one of the things that you know I speak uh, often about, which I think is important for people to recognize, is that my disability is not my personality, right? So if you see me, that, and I will be very honest with you, when I'm having high anxiety, I want control. I feel out of control, I want control, so I get rigid. What exactly is the deliverable when, you know, what's the KPI that I, that I need to, you know, to meet, how do I know if I'm going to be successful and I can seem very, very rigid. And so I often ask people, if you see me acting in a way that is not, you know, uh, that, w- that is unlike me please say something say is there something that I can do to help you because I think one of the worst things is saying nothing and either just you know talking behind that person's back or thinking you know that person isn't meeting expectations or geez I don't know if I can trust them anymore um so that's one thing that I really want to get across to the audience which is conversation is key and remember, can I do something for you? Um, You know, because the way that we create cultures of inclusion is uh, it's not mental health is not, uh, you know, one individual's, um, you know, uh, what no one individual can fix, you know, the problem. It, It is actually a community. So, you know, the responsibility is on the entire company, is on the entire team to build um, you know, cultures in which people feel like there is psychological safety. Well
0: said, so, beautifully so, said. Man, you you are mentioning about someone, you no, know, asking about all you are, but how can you create a space where so. someone is 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 able to go to you and say? How can I help you? Are you okay? Is there anything I can do for you? How do you create a space that people are? Because sometimes people oh, that's not my business. I shouldn't just go. I just keep quiet. How do you create a space where people feel confident on offering their help?
1: Yeah, it's a really great question. And I think this does come back to psychological safety, which is how are we creating senses of belonging within our organizations? And I think that's where the community plays an important role. Um, and making sure that people know, uh, like myself and Jen Amira, who runs uh, this community with me, that we are always here. We are always listening. In fact, we have a meeting every single week where people know that they can show up that they can ask us questions that they can feel uh the support of the community. So first of all that's that's the number one thing I say is build that community, let it be known so that people know that there is a safe place for them, you know, to come and and be. And the second is, you know, just to be very open minded. Um You know, don't assume that you can solve the problem. Don't ever think that you can diagnose somebody with a behavioral health condition. Instead, just be open like you would with any colleague if it seems like they're having a bad day and ask, hey, are you doing okay? Is there anything I can do? Um, We would never second guess that if one of our colleagues was a new parent and seemed like they were very tired because they had come to work and just wanted to reach out and let them know that we were there for them. Mental health conditions are very similar.
2: I think that's such a great point, Megan, and and I loved the question that Antonio asked because, I um, I, I try and I love your point too that you know it's not it's not about personality and I know that I have one of the one colleagues specifically that I work with that. I've never heard it mapped out the way you said it, that if you see me getting rigid and I, I'm going to start asking questions, because that's exactly what I do. And I, I'm just, no, thank you for explaining that to me. Uh, that's one thing I love about access chat. I often learn something about myself, so, but because that's exactly what I do. And I have one colleague that I don't want people to know that I'm there. I, at the time, I don't want people to know that I'm struggling, but he always can tell. And almost always he'll call me. out. He won't deal. He won't address it in a way that embarrasses me, but he always calls me. and He's like, how are you doing? I can feel, I can feel you. So just to, I, all I want, to, I just want you to know, I love you and I'm there. And how are you doing? And he I just love that he does that, even though a lot of times, once again, I don't want people to know that I'm there and totally, even though everybody knows I'm there, but it's just such a very powerful point. And how can we learn about ourselves, our coworkers, in the employee, everything, if we don't have these really rich conversations? And so once again, I know this is what you do, and I don't want to embarrass you, but it's so important what you're doing because this is how we change society and make it okay to be ourselves. And so I, I just um I'm hoping you'll actually come on my other show, Human Potential at Work, and talk about this because people are really, really struggling right now. And even though here in the States, um, we're voting, we're we're gonna stop voting um Tuesday at 7 p.m. Pacific time. Um and we're going to be done there, but that doesn't mean that we're done uh, with the stress and the, you know, the pandemic and everything else. And so I, I know that for a while I was just bracing myself. It was almost like maybe if I hold my breath through this, I can get through it. Between mm-hmm. what was happening with my husband, worrying about my daughter, am I going to get sick? Or, oh, my employee's grandparents are dying. Or, oops, one of them just got exposed to COVID nineteen by a caregiver. It is so intense for all of us. It's and then of course social media makes it more intense. And so I, I just think that these times it's so important to be having these conversations. But having them from the conversations of a large corporation with all those employees uh, that gives me hope. So I really, really appreciate what you are doing. And, and it, but I don't see a lot of companies exploring it. But maybe I'm missing missing that. Do you see that companies are really? really um you know taking this more seriously and i know neil wants to make a comment too but let me give it to you and neil i'll give it the mic to you afterwards
1: uh, you know, in fact, many uh, organizations have really robust uh, programs. Most of the time they're in the benefit space, right? How do we really support people through the ability to provide the kind of mm-hmm. care, whether that's therapy or other types of, of medical care? Um, and I have seen uh, several organizations. I'm just going to call out Starbucks because I am in the Pacific Northwest. Um, they've made some some new commitments around mental health. And so I think companies really are beginning to step up and, and, and take this very, very seriously Seriously. But to be honest with you, um, I think it, it's a journey like anything else in accessibility, right? We are on a journey and we're beginning to understand how we think about this, we talk about this, we put programmatic um, you know, systems in place to really, really support people.
0: Yeah, excellent. I, um as an organization, another large organization, we we also mindful of the the need to to sort of cater for the 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 health and mental health uh, of our, our employees. So we've we've done the sort of employee assistance programs, we do all of that. But we also have active ERGs like like with Microsoft. In fact, the call that I was on before this was with the leadership group of our uh, Adapt ERG and we have a mental health lead there and we have mental health first aiders. We also have, and I think this is this is something that I really like, and I can't claim credit for. Um, we have a an allies network, and uh, not only is there the network, but there's also training that goes along with it. So you get you know again a bit like you've done with the um, the badging for accessibility fundamentals within Microsoft. You've gamified gamified the process of and encouraged people to get it. People have got you know uh, sort of collateral for their avatars which are sort of we are allies sort of halo to go around um their their sort of avatars for social media and for for stuff at work so it's encouraging people to learn about how to be there for their colleagues and, and i think that this is this is you know really nice because you know you don't always want to ring the employee assistance program you might not know where the number is you might not even be aware Right that there is this stuff in place because lots of companies have all of these things and all of these benefits, but people don't know about them or they don't know how to access them and when you're in that moment of 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 stress, it's even harder to access them so so having people where there's a visible indicator that they care and that they've had some training and that they're available for you i think is 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 really nice. But I'm also aware that we've talked a lot about the human aspects, but but you and I both work for technology companies and Access Chat also likes to talk about tech. And I know that, um, that you're doing stuff around mental health, mental well-being, um, tech in terms of sort of things like uh, personal analytics. So I'd love you to tell us a bit more about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I just want to comment on the on allyship because allyship is incredibly important um, as we think about the way that we support people. And, and you know, I train uh, accessibility subject matter experts, you know, as part of my job. And oftentimes, you know, getting a badge or taking a course can get you only so far. You have to sure. do accessibility. You have to talk about accessibility, yeah. right? And so I think the same is really true of inclusion. It's like, how are we as organizations empowering people to engage? And I think that that's something that the that the communities and the ERGs are so a good and it's such an important component. Take that allyship training and put it into action. Go and um, you know, go and and sit and have a conversation and listen within the you know the different communities at Microsoft. We you know we have the Blacks at Microsoft. We have Ola, which is the Hispanic group. We have many different organizations. Glean. Um, so I encourage people to begin to learn about each other because that's the best way to really practice allyship. Um, but uh, but technology. That's uh, that's one of my favorite things to talk about. So let's talk about tech. Um, and, uh, you know, I think for me, uh, given, you know, that I've been working from home since March, um, it is so incredibly easy to roll over. First thing I do is I look at my phone. In fact, 30% of us look at our phones before we ever get out of bed. I'm one of them sometimes. Um, uh, right. And, and and in fact, 70, I think it's like 78% of us check emails after hours. Like we're just constantly on. Right. Um, And so, we really have to make an intentional exercise of disconnecting. Um, And so, my analytics, which is one of the the Microsoft uh, products that I use really frequently, helps me uh, identify when I have successfully not gone back to work after hours. Now I can set my own hours, right? Cause we all have, you know, a different set of, of working hours that we'd like to work. But now I get that purple little square that says, you know, yes, you have successfully disconnected because you have to disconnect to recharge. Um, and in fact, uh, you know, now it's something that even my husband will be like, let me see, let me see your analytics. And I'm like, no, you can't my analytics um but it's just a way of, of really allowing us to understand our own behavior and, and and think about how we are creating those boundaries because it's hard right now to create boundaries but yet it is more important than ever to create those spaces where we you know we're working there's another um, feature that's come out that is I, I rely on, which is every week on Monday, I get a, Cortana, it's a My Cortana email, and it will immediately say, um, do you want me to help you find focus time? Do you want me to find breaks? All I do is hit yes, and then using AI, it goes into my calendar. It finds the places where it can book me and block me for focus time um, and, and 15 minute breaks, like two 15 minute breaks every single day. So it's helping me build that better, you know, the, the, what I consider that wellness hygiene so that a one, I can focus and get done what I want during the day so that I can disconnect. And then it reminds me to like stand up, stretch, drink water, do the things that we know are good for us, but sometimes we forget. So, you know, I like the concept of technology being embedded into the places that we really are working every day, which is in our Outlook calendars, which is within Microsoft Teams um, and being able to just automate some of that, that those wellness behaviors.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I think that the, um, the awareness of <sighs> the analytics of um, time well spent uh is really interesting and you know i have some pretty horrifying <laughs> statistics
1: <laughs> we need to look at your analytics did no. we need to check in with
0: you weekly neil say, no, Show, no, me. No. well no no oh god they're yeah, just even my iphone statistics you know um because um yeah because yeah no they're bad i i actually took last week off and and it was the first time actually that I'd had a holiday where I didn't really look at email. I I'm not saying I didn't look at email, but I, they were mainly um side job emails like access chat. They weren't my day job emails. And uh so that was that was actually quite new for me, because um I have a habit of finding um email to be really addictive. It's um, so yeah that 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 uh, but I, I felt that the last ten months have reached a point where yeah it's such a grind. Now there's something about the the lack of human, real human interaction. You know I I can how do I say this without sounding creepy? I can no longer sort of touch you and smell you as part of my. Um, yeah, my my sort of social process, you know, because we don't have that proximity, right? Um,
1: well, Neil, it's really interesting that you should mention that because um, I, I was chatting with a a, a a colleague here at Microsoft that works at the Human Factors Lab, and so mm. he's been able to show uh, through research that it is literally more difficult neurologically for us to be uh, in this 2D world, right? To mm-hmm. feel connected with each other, uh, to even do our work where we don't have that in-person, three-dimensional, yeah. like you're saying, interaction with one another. And that's why meeting fatigue is real. Um, this is a real phenomenon. Yes. It's, it, it's completely psychological and neurological. And so we do have to begin to think about how, uh, you know, we are, um, you know, balancing uh, the, the way that, that we do connect with one another. It, so you know, uh, yeah, the good news is that
0: it's real, right? Yeah. No. So I, I I know I'm not making stuff up, right? I, oh. I I worked from well, not in this particular occasion, anyway. So um, I've I've worked from home for six years. This last ten months has been very different because what I had before was space at home, an office at home, and then I'd go out and see people, and now it's just you know avatars on a screen or or or, you know the 2d image of people and yeah and the the processing load of that on your brain the delay the the cognitive toll that it takes doing that 12 hours a day plus is is significant so i think that that when we talk about the new normal we're not living in it yet because there needs to be a There needs to be the pendulum swinging back to allow face-to-face, person-to-person, in close contact interaction when, you know, the health crisis allows it. Because I think that that is necessary for people's health. Um, And then I think that obviously there are things that tech can enable. And there are things that we're learning about tech that are going to be very valuable. And so we're not going to go back to the old normal either. But I don't think we're in the new normal right now
1: yeah i think you know bringing up you know communication and isolation is is really important right now and um, and so i think you know oftentimes meeting fatigue can be very real but i know for me like having cameras on is really important because i want to see your facial expression i want to see that um uh you know the body language uh the non-verbal uh, language that goes along so you know i I often um, will always start with my camera on and, and, and be conscious of the fact that that actually provides me another level of information that's important. But not everybody expresses themselves that way. So another thing that we have found to be really important is just having like an open chat um, because people uh, express themselves using gifts and memes, especially if you don't really have the vocabulary to potentially talk about the way that you feel. So I'm always encouraging people to think about creative new ways of engaging with people that's not, um, you know, whether that's an open chat, whether that's memes, whether that's, you know, having video camera on or if you're fatigued and need to turn it off, being able to communicate that with people. Uh, that, you know, you're having a, a camera off meeting day. Um, but again, just really thinking about the way that you are enabling communication across different disability types, across different people's personality types is part of the way that we combat that that isolation. Awesome.
0: So, yeah, I, I, I think there's so many different ways that we all, you know, we're all different human beings. That's the richness of humanity. Yeah, we've all got our preferences. Um, I'm, I'm aware that we've already creeping up towards the end of our, our time today, uh, and I know you've got a hard stop, so uh, I'm, I'm mindful that we we mustn't keep you from from all of your colleagues and customers. So, um, you know, thank you very much, Megan. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you. Um, we need to thank our supporters, Barclays Access, Microlink, and... Also, my clear for keeping the lights on um for keeping us captioned and and for for generally you know supporting us and and, and the community it's um going to be fun on tuesday uh, I really look forward to you joining us on Twitter and for us to um continue the conversation then thank you very much
1: yeah and, and- yeah I deeply appreciate you know the willingness to to have this conversation uh, you know about mental health at a time when uh, so many people are experiencing stress and anxiety depression in, in new ways. Um, so I hope that through this we have, uh, you know, opened the door for other people to begin to think about their own journey um, and recognize that there are communities, uh, and including this community, where you uh, we can find support with with one another. Um, so, just uh, very quickly, I'm going to have all of you do one thing with me, which is take one really big deep breath. So here we go. Ready? Will you come
2: to me and tell me to do that every few minutes (laughs) all day long?
1: I want to remind everybody who is listening and watching today to just simply breathe. Just remember to take those breaths because it reduces anxiety and stress and brings oxygen into the system to help us mm-hmm. become more alert. Um, so as we all uh, you know, work to find our own balance, when we work to find our own management of mental health conditions uh, or stress, things like simply breathing can be an incredibly important technique. Um, mm-hmm. So with that, I want to just, again, thank you so much for having me on and um, uh, know that I'm willing to, to come back anytime.
0: Excellent. Thank you. We'll hold you to that.
1: (laughs) Brilliant.